0: Hashtag Utah Jazz. Both teams, you know, with Minnesota and, and OKC, has been aggressive against us. So I think just being able to, to push through and, and push through the aggressiveness, the, the, mental, the mental part of our game, because like you saw in Portland, when we're clicking mentally, it's, you know, it's night and day. Like you look at how, how flawless our execution was. There are times when, you know, that pressure takes us out of what we want to do. And then you can't get to certain shots for Mike or JC, Joe. Um, and then when shots don't fall, we got to play, uh, continue to play defense and you know at the end of the day this is game three you know i I think you know i don't think we're we're you know overreacting but there are things that we see we need to improve
1: on
2: that's donovan mitchell on the offensive struggles the team is facing we've seen some of the lulls they've gone through over the first couple well not the first game but a couple of games since then the first game It was effortless, and everything was smooth and clicking. But the issues in the last two. So what will we see when they play the Suns? New Year's Eve with Phoenix at home. New Year's night with the Clippers in L.A. They got a back-to-back coming up, PK. Both games will start at 7 o'clock. What are you expecting to see over this uh, holiday weekend?
1: Oh, I would say continued improvement. You know, I really like how Donovan answers these questions. It seems like he's got a brilliant... strategic mind for the game and he can see as he's speaking like he can visualize he's watching film almost as he's speaking giving you the answers and knows what he's talking about and that's really cool in that regard to listen to him speak that way but yeah I would say continued improvement uh, as far as this is developing process here although they have just about everyone back except for Favors who was there before as we know still uh, you, know, you know, I don't know that you just hit the ground running at at your peak anyway. So there's always room for improvement, obviously, but especially when you've only played three ball games. Now the other teams that they're playing are very good too. You look at the standings; the Clippers are three and one, the Suns are three and one. The Suns destroyed the uh, Pelicans last night. That was a very much a surprise outcome in terms of the margin of victory. I watched a good portion of that game and wow it really came easy I mean they just rolled so maybe they are pretty good we've been downplaying how good they are uh, and that's the great thing about it is it's particularly at the pro level because everybody plays everybody so you don't have where their schedules this their schedules right. that you can have that to a degree a it, it sequenced during the season but not over the course of the season and so they get to prove just how good they are which is sort of cool
2: the Suns have been picked as high. We've seen them picked as high as fifth or sixth. We've seen them in front of the Jazz, and that, to me, I, I think without question they're better. Uh, there, there's uh, Andy Bailey just said it. You know, they, they had some good things clicking last year, and from Ricky Rubio to Chris Paul ought to be an upgrade unless Chris Paul's production is in his mid-30s, but unless he just, just totally falls off a cliff with his numbers this year, that ought to be a clear upgrade now to make him better. But in the West, you could be better – and still be, you know, 8, 9, 10. I mean, Phoenix has been way down. But they're off to a 3-1 and start, you know. How much of this is real? At what point have you gotten into the season where it's a, do you need a five-game sample, 10, 20? What do, you, what do you personally expect? I've heard more than once, one time around the league, and then you'll really start to see. So a ways to go, but they're off to a good start. Jazz and Suns tomorrow night. You'll hear it right here on the Zone Sports Network.
0: Hashtag NBA. DiVincenzo right wing. Holiday rotates to Lopez. A deep three-pointer. Let's it fly. Bango for Brooke. Backing it out. Portis. Forbes. A deep three for 29. Why not? Bango, Bryn. Yeah.
2: Highlights from Milwaukee's big night. There's nights you can shoot the three, and then there's nights uh, like what the Bucks did. There haven't been many nights like this. They set an NBA record with three-pointers. 29 in a 144 97 annihilation of the Miami Heat. Former USU star Sam Merrill set the record. He hit the 28th three pointer, and they added one more after that. So he can get to play nine minutes in that one. He continues to live the dream. He's in the NBA, baby. And the Bucs crushing the Heat. Now, can you do that in the playoffs? Because obviously it was Heat in the finals, not the Bucs. Bango. Bingo.
1: So that guy said bango. Bango. He said bingo. He said, ba- no, he said bango. With bingo, bango, bongo. Well, I don't know. He just said bango. I'll repeat it again. Uh, yeah, and they didn't even get a big game from Giannis. And so, yeah, these things can happen. Teams can get hot. You're going to get hot 16 times for the Bucks. Uh, I wouldn't bet on it. Uh, but on any given night, uh, these teams have the capability of just lighting it up.
2: The Clippers beat the Timberwolves 124-101. Kawhi Leonard was out with a DNP mouth. Had the eight stitches after getting hit by Serge Ibaka, so he's still sitting. But uh, a little pride, a little bounce back after getting down by 50 at halftime. They made sure that didn't happen again because that was awful. And they beat the Timberwolves, who don't have Carl Anthony Towns. Kings beat the Nuggets, 125-115. Jokic did play for the Nuggets, but Jamal Murray sat that one out. Darren Fox with uh, 24. Uh, Jamal Murray is out with an elbow injury. So.
1: Yeah, and in my little brief, because it hasn't been many games, uh, observation of the Nuggets. I think they're, what, 1-3 now. Uh, especially when they have someone out, that really weakens their lineup because they've lost some bench guys. Uh, no, grand, I think started but still you know, you, then you have to move Porter into the starting line. Now he has a big game but if you look at their bench it is really weakened and so the starters had some nice scoring output but the thing about the Nuggets now with losing some supporting cast type of players is that particularly when they have somebody out as they did with Murray I mean Morris had a nice game stepping in for Murray but nobody stepped in for Morris.
2: Yep, and the bench got outscored 38-19 by the Kings bench. That's 19 points in a 10-point loss. Yeah. So, to your point, spot on. Bingo. Uh, Any of these other games, the Cavaliers, Cleveland couldn't win forever. The Knicks take them down 95-86. Julius Randle with a triple-double in that one. And the Thunder, who just lost to the Jazz, got beat pretty soundly by the Magic, 118 to
1: 107. And the uh, the Magic have it going here early in the year. Now, that's a uh, Julius Randle now. He just, if you look at it, he just goes by his first name Julius. 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 Jock <laughs> didn't put in Randle. No, he didn't. I put that in. <laughs> Little Doctor J, the new it's yeah, time right. for another Doctor J. Nah, uh, there's only
2: one Julius. Come on now, <laughs> you don't get to be Julius. Pick something else. Orange Julius.
1: Uh, uh, ooh. Uh, and the Knicks do have orange in their colors, so yeah, I, I like it. There we go. But then, but you don't want to be OJ. That conjures up murder, so that's not.
2: You got to stay away. OJ's taken. Uh, yeah. You uh, can't be Julius. Can't be OJ. Quit with the retro stuff. Mm-hmm. Cutting edge. Need something new. Randall. Tony. Injury updates. John Morant diagnosed grade two ankle sprain. The Memphis Grizzlies star is going to be out three to five weeks. Came down on, on an opponent's foot challenging a shot and rolled it pretty good. So he's out three to five weeks. And Cavaliers big man Kevin Love is out three to four weeks. Calf strain. Suffered in the preseason aggravated Sunday, so he's going to miss a big chunk of time. Chris Depp's Porzingis has been out, but he did practice fully for the first time. He had meniscus surgery in October. No timetable for his return to, uh, to game action, but he went through a practice, so you got to figure that's getting, uh, that's getting closer.
0: All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball.
1: Nichols couldn't put it back in, and the Bulldogs finally clear the gas, come the other way. Here's Cook to Ayai for three. It's good. Back-to-back, back. three balls for Joel Ayayi. Watson, one-handed pass right side. Kisper's wide open. His three is good. Can't leave Corey Kisper that wide open. 20 points for the Bulldogs' senior.
2: There's highlights as Gonzaga blows out Dixie State. I guess people need games, PK. That was pretty predictable what happened there as Gonzaga wins 112-67, number 1-ranked team in America. They remain undefeated. Dixie State falls to 4-2. Oh,
1: that had been fun for Dixie State to be able to play those guys there. I mean, obviously we knew the outcome as soon as the game was scheduled, but uh, I'm sure they had a good time being able to just be there. Now, you know didn't have the McCarthy Center wasn't rocking the way it normally is but still just to say you played the number one team yep, I think that would for those be cool guys it's got to be fun yeah
2: and yeah, I remember when we played the number one team in America that's a good thing to be able to say when you're when your grandpa. All right, here we go. Conference games. Who's ready? Uh, New Year's Eve, there's a lot of college basketball. Utah State is playing Air Force 2 o'clock on the CBS Sports Network, and Scotty G will have the call right here on the Zone Sports Network. His pregame show will start at 1.30. Same two teams are going to play again Saturday, and Utah State off to the 2-0 start in conference play after blowing out San Jose State. BYU is going to play uh, their first West Coast conference game. They're going to be at Pepperdine. That's on ESPN2 at 5 o'clock. And then they'll head on to San Diego Saturday. And then Utah resumes Pac-12 play. They're going to be at UCLA. Utah won their conference opener. They play Washington. Uh, but now they go on the road to UCLA. That'll be tomorrow at 5 o'clock on Fox Sports 1. And then the running Utes will be at USC on Saturday on the Pac-12 Networks. And for the Utes, uh, pretty intriguing here, PK, because they have uh, one road win last year. So if you're looking at how you're going in conference, uh, if you're going to look at how you're going to improve this year, well, there it is. You were you had one Pac-12 road win, so this is the place to upgrade. And you're doing it without crowds this year. Maybe that'll make it easier. You got some guys who got experience now, but they got to break through on the road.
1: Uh, yeah, if you if you're not going to do it this year, when are you going to do it? Yeah, right. And then the news. Well, oh, also
2: uh, Weber State and UVU. They've had cancellations. Weber State was supposed to play Idaho State. They've rescheduled to play UVU in Ogden tomorrow at 2.30. Uh, a story that I think we all thought of you when we saw. What would you like to say about the University of Arizona self-imposing a one-year postseason ban for this season? Yak is shaking his head and rolling his eyes. Pathetic. You can see it.
1: Yuck, don't don't make facial emotions. I told you that. my eyes. Then, I'm wearing a mask. He can't then, see my mouth. But then he has to tell me about it every time you do that. Turn okay. your back. Going okay? stoic from now I've on. i told you that <laughs> uh, I, from now on. I don't want to have to hear every time you make a facial something or other gesture. Oh, yeah. I told my wife last night that I've imposed a ban on. I will not be cheating on her with 25-year-old supermodels. <laughs> I bet she was happy to hear that. Mm-hmm. And I came clean. I said, you know, it's just a one-year situation. <laughs> I, okay. I don't guarantee what will happen. You know, as we get to 2022, before the majority of you know 2021 coming up, I'm not going to do it. So I think that uh, was honorable of Arizona to do this. Uh, just as it is honorable for me to do this. So uh, I can't. I thought about imposing a ban on speeding on myself, but I can't say that I'm always going to go 65 or below or you know 70 75 depending on where you are in the state even up to 80 if you're driving some places on i-15 i'm i can't i'm not ready to take that drastic of a step but you know arizona their basketball program you have to admire them for the integrity that they have uh, even though you know they had no shot in hell to make the ncaa tournament this year so uh, one one just, just an absolute joke. I mean, the guy's caught on tape. What, whatever, guys. I mean, I would still think there would be more of a penalty coming. I, I really think they need to shut the program down for a decade to clean it up.
2: There it is. Shut it down for a decade. Nice. Mm-hmm. The yeah. Sun Devils have spoken. Nine NCAA violations, according to reports. Five of them level one allegations. The most serious. So Arizona volunteers for a year, which makes you wonder, will they get two or three? Or should they get two or three, even if they, even if they don't? Well,
1: they asked Sean Miller about it. He said, hey, I'm not going to sweat this. Oh, that's a uh,
2: Sean Miller perspiring during games reference. That's nice. Arizona off to a 7-1 start. You really think they had no shot at the NCAA tournament? This is all on, uh, you know, they've just been playing lower-level teams, beating up on the Bakersfields and uh, NAUs of the world?
1: Well, I didn't know about necessarily about their basketball team, that the NCAA was going to prevent it. Uh, so, Oh, I see what you're saying. They they knew
2: they were going to get that, regardless of what they could earn on the court. Yeah. Well, that'll mean one less team at the conference tournament. So, And assuming Arizona's going to finish in the top half of the league, uh, they'll be top five plus Arizona would get a bye. You, you could finish sixth in the league and get a bye through the first round this year. There'll be three games on that opening day, assuming it all goes off as of scheduled. DJ and PK.
0: Hashtag NFL. For everybody out there they got to start putting respect on this defense's name because this defense is playing lights out and to me we're the best defense in the league I mean you can quote that you can do what you want to do with it but at the end of the day I believe in these guys I believe in this, this coaching staff
2: that's Jamal Adams talking about the uh, Seahawks defense which was not good at the start of the year and over the last half dozen games has been really good and of course, uh, he got out of the he got out of New York when the getting was good. The Jets dealt him for a couple of first round picks, and over the course of the season, that defense has improved dramatically. And it matters how good you are in January, and that defense is set up to be good in January. PK,
1: I will we'll see if they do. Sure, yeah. Obviously, I mean, he, Jamal Adams has the right to say whatever he wants to say, and I appreciate that he believes in his team. I've had no problem with what he said, and that's a great thing about the NFL. You have the opportunity in January to prove that you're worthy of playing a game in February. And if you do all of those things, then great. I mean, I don't think he said anything outrageous there. He feels confident in his defense, and statistically they've been playing well. And then see what you do in the postseason.
2: All right, time to find out who's not playing this weekend. Cooper Cup, the Rams wide receiver, COVID-19 reserve list. So it looks like, uh, you know, the Cardinals already know they're not going to be facing Jared Goff, the starting quarterback. So now they may not face Cup either. And the Steelers are going to sit Ben Roethlisberger after clinching a playoff berth in the AFC North title. Mason Rudolph will be the Steelers quarterback against Cleveland. For the Steelers, they'll need to be the two or the three seed based on the results this weekend, but if Buffalo beats Miami, they're locked into three, and then it doesn't really matter what they do.
1: Mason Rudolph, what's he doing in the league, man? He's calling guys the N-word. How's he still in the league? Uh, Backing it up in Pittsburgh.
2: There you go. Cleveland's got to win this game uh, because they could be in or out of the playoffs based on this weekend. It's four teams for three spots. So, But if they win, they're in, and now they're not facing Roethlisberger. So it's a plus for Cleveland, you would think. DJ and PK.
0: Hashtag college football. It's cool. I said before, it's a small world. You know, he's from right down the road from me, probably 20, 30 minutes. And just to be playing each other for the second time, we've kind of been matched up, I guess, for years, just going back to high school. I mean, we're we're friends. We got a good relationship. But that's kind of how people like to pin it as me me against him. But it does make it cooler that, you know, the guy on the other sideline is from right down the road from me. So. It's pretty cool. Um, Obviously, we played them last year. It was a crazy game, uh, but definitely looking forward to it.
2: Trevor Lawrence on facing Justin Fields. Their pass crossing Ohio State and Clemson, Notre Dame, and Bama. The semifinals are Friday. It'll be uh, Notre Dame and Alabama, 2 o'clock, and then Ohio State and Clemson at 6 o'clock. Both those games are on ESPN. Do you see Ohio State taking out Clemson? I assume you think Bama's going to be Notre Dame. That seems to be the overwhelming consensus.
1: You know, Ohio State, this goes to what Sweeney has been talking about. Uh, I, I haven't seen them play a whole lot, and I haven't seen them be tested a whole lot. And Justin Fields has not been playing well of late, but who's to say that, you know, if they would have played 12 games, 13 games with a conference final, you know, he wouldn't have round into better shape in terms of his production out on the field. So because they basically have only played half a season, you know, I really don't know. There was so much left out on the table by so many of these teams, particularly in the Big Ten and Pac-12. You know, the Utes, what were they, 3-2? and two? Yep. Who's to say they wouldn't have been 10-2? Don't know don't the know. answer to that. And, right? and who's to say if it, would, if it would have been a regular season in terms of uh, playing the non-conference, they, they would have lost those games because you could argue then by the time they would have played SC the late great Ty Jordan would have been established and so who's to say he wouldn't have run for 170 yards against those guys
2: certainly the Utes wouldn't have been playing their first game while SC was playing their third I mean it could have impacted the entire defense also
1: so that's just a small example of trying to figure out in the Ohio State they played a few more games but not that many more games than the Utes or the Pac-12 teams. So I can't really say. I don't know. I don't have a, a full season mm. to be able to go and say, man, I feel really strong about this team or that team. Now, conversely, the other game that you speak of in Alabama and Notre Dame, those teams have played essentially a full season season. So we do feel like, wow, Alabama with Mac Jones and that receiver and the running back, I and mean, they just look loaded, you know? They should roll. It should beat them like 50 to 20 or something. You feel like you have more evidence so you can make a more educated guess. I don't feel like I can make that with Ohio State versus Clemson, even though Clemson has pretty much played a full schedule too.
2: The uh, interesting point you bring up in all of that about Ohio State is Dabo Sweeney, when we played his stuff yesterday, it was like, well, they got a break because they only played six games. So I'm voting them 11th because, you know, they didn't really play a full season. It could be that that's a po- uh, positive because it's kept them healthy, but it could be a negative because if they'd had another six games to get better, yeah. they could be a much better team now.
1: That's what I'm saying. So all I don't we necessarily... really know is
2: that it's different.
1: I don't think that he was saying it's a negative or it's a positive. I think he was just saying it is. I don't think Sweeney was making a value judgment on, well, they wouldn't be as good or they would be better. I think he was just saying they didn't play that many games. This is why I'm doing what I'm doing. Rather, I guess than, I took it as a negative because
2: you'd rather be ranked third than 11th. You know, if they'd been ranked third, nobody would have asked him why he voted them third. So ranking them lower seems like a negative. But.
1: I think that no, I think it was based on a principle. And as he said, it had nothing to do with Ohio State. Bowl games.
2: Uh, Sam Ellinger goes down, shoulder injury in the Alamo Bowl, but Texas routes Colorado 55. 55- to 23 they bring in Casey Thompson he's 8 of 10 for 170 yards and 4 touchdowns and he lights Colorado up so what do we make of Colorado going into next season PK where are we going to plug them in in the Pac-12 South and I know we've got transfer portal and a second signing date uh, but sorting out the Pac-12 South next season good luck I think USC will be 1 and Arizona will be 6 and I don't know where the other 4 teams are going to be plugged in
1: Oh, yeah, and there's also who's going to come back, too. It's a third element to this season, or next season, I should say. Who's
2: leaving for the NFL, which super Uh, senior's returning, who's leaving as a junior. So there's
1: there's too much to to go forward. I'd probably uh, still go Colorado fifth.
2: Oklahoma State beat Miami 37-34 in the Cheez-Its Bowl, and De'Ara King had a knee injury. So, no wonder guys are opting out of bowl games. There's two high-profile guys, De'Aaron King with a knee injury and Sam Ellinger with a shoulder injury. And this is why guys opt out of bowl games. All right, DJ and PK, What Is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock yeah,
1: Plumbing. Before you go there, Jeff Grimes is in conversations with LSU, potentially about being their O coordinator. So I would think that he would have opportunities to move on. And we know BYU takes pride in saying we will not get into any salary war. But you figure that uh, once they hired Grimes that he was probably uh, only going to be there a short time. Either way, he was going to do well and move on or wasn't going to do well and move on. And if he gets a big money offer, it would be great for him to have that opportunity.
2: LSU, SEC, you got to figure they'd be paying him top dollar. Was an offensive line coach there for a while. Yeah, he's got, the, he's got the ties there. All right, DJ and PK coming up. Tim Lacombe, Utah Jazz pre- and post-game analyst. Used to be on the Utah basketball staff. Used to be an assistant coach at BYU doing the radio work here. He's going to join us at 8 o'clock. And Tom Chambers, Phoenix Suns pregame halftime and post-game analyst for Fox Sports Arizona, is going to join us at 9 o'clock. We'll have the former Udon. Can we get some Pace Mannion stories out of him? Has he got any more? He's got to have some. Dang, Tom. Tom Chambers, actually right at the start of that story. We'll get to that with Tom Chambers at nine o'clock. DJ and PK, it's 975 at
0: 1280 the zone. Number one. Make us your number one. In the Zone Sports Network, DJ and PK.
2: We are brought to you by Mark Miller, Mark Miller Subaru. Bringing you DJ and PK in the morning. All right, people, this is the final show for us in 2020. We are off tomorrow. Friday is New Year's Day. We will back be back with you Monday morning. So today's it. It to ask, what is your sports New Year's resolution? How is it going to change for you going forward? You a big resolution guy, PK?
1: Absolutely. Make them daily.
2: <laughs> how many of them do you stick with it? How many, how many of them are gone six hours later?
1: Well, that's because I accomplished it. I do more work by noon than most guys do all day.
2: Scotty says, I'm just hoping I can make it to a Utah game this year. That's his resolution, resolution, a Utah game. You of you we speaking of? I believe that is what he doesn't say. He just says to a Utah game, but I believe he's talking about the Utes, yes. Okay. Tony's resolution is that the Jazz will get to the Western Conference Finals in 2021. Oh, that'd be sweet, yeah. yeah. Resolved, <laughs> resolved that other people should do things.
1: I don't know that uh, <laughs> he has much of a say in that. That's up to the guys on the floor.
2: Matt says, I resolve to enjoy the moment. I'm not going to take for granted the sports I get to watch. Had to take it away for a few months, enjoying it more.
1: Okay, uh, I think I already do that, but if that's something that you want to be more cognizant of, I'm all for it. Justin says, I want
2: to go to a Las Vegas Raiders game and find a way to eat sushi in the stadium. I want to purchase an expensive Darth Vader costume and make it on the Jumbotron trying to put sushi into my Vader mask. Covered face covered face with chopsticks. This will eventually become a meme, and I'll get a copyright. That way I get the royalties every time someone posts it, I'll then retire and purchase a cabin in Montana. What in the world That's very specific, Justin. Very specific goals. Okay, well, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Chris says, Justin, this is fabulously and strangely specific.
1: (laughs) I want to go to a Raiders game, too. I want uh, all of us to go. I want the staff to go because we're the Raiders station. We have on Lincoln Kennedy the Raiders analyst on. So I think the Raiders should treat us to an opportunity to be down there for a game one Sunday when they have the folks in the stadium Uh, because obviously they didn't this year and next year. I don't know if next year, maybe next year is too much, but the year after, uh, whenever it could be, that's something that I would really, really want to do, have all of us go down there and enjoy a game. Road trip!
2: Let's do it! Do we care who the opponent is? I don't. Yeah. I'd like the Chiefs, just because they're on top right now, but... I take anybody. You know, any game better than no game? But if it could be the Chiefs, that would be great. Tyler says I'd like to watch BYU BYU football play a decent schedule and see them come right back to mediocrity where they belong. I bet they go seven and five next year. <laughs> a Ute fan resolving to love the Cougars.
1: Uh, I hope they play their original schedule. I hope everybody does, and let's see where they're at. You know, they're going to have a new quarterback, so uh, seven and five could potentially be in the possible uh, play. I don't know. We'll have to see. I don't know who's going to win the job, uh, but if that gives you some satisfaction, then good luck to you.
2: When Wade says wait. I thought Utah fans didn't care about BYU. Laughing till he's crying emoji.
1: I think uh, the the fans who were into the rivalry have remained into the rivalry. The fans who weren't or not much, then it's the same thing. So the point being, I don't think in terms of the rivalry, anything has changed downward. If anything, it's gone up, but not down. And Particularly because of this year, because I think Ute fans... Uh, including some that – well, we'll just leave it at that – get uh, very worked up in that uh, and were very much uh, irritated by all the coverage that they got this year. And so they want to see them go back to uh, mediocrity, I guess. So it depends on what your personal stance was before the season because I don't think it's changed. If anything, it's increased. It hasn't gone down.
2: They didn't play anybody and I don't want to hear about them. We got plenty of feedback on social media along those lines. So, there's plenty
1: of you fans buying that. Yeah, the way I look at their season though and I wrote about this so and go check it out at KSL. They played the two best traditionally uh non-power 5 teams. I think in in recent years. I think that's Boise and Uh, Central Florida. I think that if you were to rank, not specifically this season, but the two best, I think numbers one and two in either order would be the Florida team and the Boise team, right? I don't see how you can argue that.
2: I think, what are we? Are we six years into the playoff now? And I think they've had uh, the group of five spot three times in the six years between them.
1: Yeah, and I think you can even go back to the BCS times. You can push it back. And to if the you full, do, the then
2: you decade. got a decade. UCF yeah. maybe not so good back then, right. but obviously Boise's Boise State won the first yeah.
0: half of that decade,
1: yeah. Yeah, anytime he says, obviously, Boise, I'm always nervous about what's going to follow. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think they are, that's the best argument for BYU as a quality team this year is looking at what they did to those two programs and then you go the old tired BYU argument well yeah those teams were in down seasons anytime BYU has a win that's, that's when you know you had a nice win because then all the naysayers and there's plenty of them come out and say well that team was in a down year that's, that's how you know BYU's getting the respect that they want. is because people have to add that qualifier. Well, yeah, it was in a down year, right? So that's what they're going to say about those two programs. They were in down years. Well, didn't BYU beat them? I think the combined score was like 100 to 40. <laughs> so that says something. Sure, obviously. They're in a down year if the combined score is 100 to 40. But it was 100 to 40, man. They kicked the crap out of both teams. (laughs) So logic would dictate BYU was in an up year. Tonight, you have to settle for uh, BYU. That's the biggest argument for me in terms of BYU as a quality team, they pounded the two best group of five teams going back several years.
2: 100 to 40. You are exactly right about the numbers, and those are numbers we can all memorize and live by.
1: Very easy to remember, Yes, 100 to 40. Right, right. And, and, I mean, if they
2: wanted to, it could have been worse. Uh, Didn't they take a knee at the end of both games? I know they did at the end of UCF.
1: But they kicked the crap out of both teams, so they had to take the air out of the ball.
2: Kalani kept the pedal down versus Boise, but he was upset about the onside kick that they were doing late No, oh, that that's right. <laughs> that's right. There's an onside, onside kick. kick. I'm going to keep going. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, he did have Zach in throwing the ball deep, didn't he? <laughs> Midfield just
1: chucking Well, that it. was right in the next drive, but yeah. did it go the whole time? It doesn't matter. No. I mean, they beat them by plenty. Uh, so that's my number one argument when you say, well, BYU, this or that. The two best group of five teams historically, they destroyed both of them.
2: And even that they were down isn't that good an argument. They were combined 11 and 6 in two of the losses of BYU. They were 11 and 4 in their other games. I guess they weren't undefeated, but they can't be undefeated because BYU beat them both. They weren't that far down. It's not like playing a team that ended up having a 6-6 well, and six season, which is what BYU's had thrown at it with other teams. They
1: and in further defense, both of those teams lost to undefeated teams. You're right. Cincinnati and San Jose. Yep. So now we're down 11-2. and two. <laughs>
2: <laughs> It'll always be you didn't play power five teams. But that's because Power 5 teams didn't want to play non-conference games. And they certainly didn't want to play BYU.
1: Yeah, I have a feeling that Boise's better than Kansas. Boise's better than uh, Vanderbilt. Boise's better than Arizona. So, bleep your Power 5. <laughs> that To me, Power 5 is like white privilege. Yeah, it's there. But not all white privilege is the same. Not every white person has the same privilege as every other white person. And I'm the example. And I have it. But there's people who have it worse than me. There's people who have it better than me. Way better. And that's the same thing with Power Five. Power Five, yeah, you have it, and it does exist. But not all Power Fives are created equal. It's more like economic advantage or disadvantage and in this uh, in as you relate it to uh college football it is well you've got some power five are power five in name only so just because they didn't if they would have played arizona then everything would have been solved because arizona's a power five
2: no it would have been Arizona was terrible, Arizona was having a down year, and they were gonna fire their coach. And all of those things would have been true. Right. <laughs> so
1: we make more excuses for BYU winning. How many excuses can we come up with for them winning football games? Well,
2: if you are a rival, as many as you need. Well, and I you got, know, got. and you know because you've moved all over the country and you've seen you've lived in the middle of three good rivalries. So how many rivalries do USC and UCLA, or how many excuses do they make in that rivalry? How many excuses do they make in Arizona and Arizona State? When it's your rival, you'll make as many as you need because you never want to concede they're any good at all because that's the whole point of a rivalry.
1: But there has to be some truth to it. I don't mind the rivalry, and I think that you can have an intense rivalry, but at the same time, you've got to give due where it's appropriate to give due. And in this case... Not giving due turns out to be do do.
2: Pretty happy with yourself right now, aren't you?
1: I'm me. <laughs> 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 All right, hit us up
2: your sports New Year's resolution. What do you resolve to do in the I, coming
1: year? I've got an excellent resolution for 2020. And that is? I think I'm going to really, really get to the level. I mean, I've been listening to the manifesto now because I recorded it. And I've memorized it. It's like pretty much the question to me on Gordon. I've memorized that. And the manifesto, when you went off that time, when I was listening and you didn't think I was listening, and I heard the whole thing live as you put me in my place, I've decided that I'm going to have the same passion for soccer as you do. And... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to know everything about Javier Morales and Vladimir Krylock and all these guys that are your heroes. And I, I'm going to know everything about them. And I'm, I'm going to be into soccer like you are for the coming season. And, if, and you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to turn down the radio sound, and I'm going to listen to you and Dunny.
2: Oh, nice. <laughs> that was pretty genuine on multiple levels. Thanks for that. <laughs>
1: Yes, is Javier Morales still with the team? Javier Morales is not with the team. <laughs> Dang it! So I got a story with the Javier and Javier. So my wife taught in South Central, right? And go uh, look at my Instagram page where she she taught at Washington. It's was right down there, 108th and Danker, right in the heart. And those were ironically uh, the schools that I was covering because when I when I got into high, uh, sports, you know, you used to start at the bottom, so you cover high school sports. And in the Marine League was Pedro High and Banning High and Narbonne. And so they were more down in the South Bay, but to the north was South Central. And those were the teams they have played. So consequently, I've been to Washington. I've been to Crenshaw, Dorsey, Manual Arts, blah, blah, blah. Been to those schools many times over. And... Uh, so where she spoke where she taught at Washington, it was ninety percent African American, and the other ten percent was Hispanic. Well, one of her co-teachers PE teachers was this gal right out of Wisconsin. <laughs> so, all right, now I think we see where this is going so they they're, they're uh, uh, taking role or something early on, and there was one kid. Uh, who was named Javier, and she kept calling him Javier. (laughs) And my wife, now she's coming, she's an Arizona native, so you're dealing with Hispanic people a lot there, obviously. We're in the Southwest, right? She she had to say, "Uh, it's Javier, Hmm. not Javier. (laughs) So anytime I see somebody who's named Javier, I think of that story of her telling, "Uh, it's Javier. The J is pronounced like an H, not Javier. (laughs) So... It's like, <laughs> uh, I, I uh,
2: there was a main drag where I, near where I grew up, and you kind of had to get on it usually to get to where we lived. And it, you'd give people directions, or you'd hear people refer to it, and it's the same thing. It, the road was called Hamasha, and it was J A M A C H A, Hamasha. But you'd hear someone say, Do I turn on Jamaka? You're like, Okay, well, you're not from around here, are you? Javier?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. You, I think you have that everywhere. Yeah, uh, You know, Tooele, we have it here. You know I
2: mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's go to Mantua, yeah. Utah. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, I
1: mean, there's there's all sorts of mis... You, everyone can have a story about a mispronunciation that uh, is unique to the area. Uh, I, there, there's a million of those. I can remember in grade school, there was Susan Apicella was reading a story, and it was about... Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and she kept calling him Jabber. For for years, I said Jabber. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Alright, DJ and PK, coming up, Tim Lacombe's going to join us to talk jazz basketball here in about 20 minutes. Utah Jazz pre- and post-game show analyst and Tom Chambers is here at 9 o'clock. Stay with us. Now
0: let's get this party started! <laughs> This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Okay. Brian Fisher, let's talk about the college football playoff pairings. Are these the four teams that deserve to be in there? Absolutely, and, and I, don't, I don't think there's really much of a question. Outside of, uh, you know, maybe Notre Dame, yeah, you want to quibble with uh, them not winning the ACC and getting in, sure. But, you know, I, I think overall their entire resume really does, you know, speak well in, in terms of what they've been able to accomplish this year. And, you know, frankly, there weren't a whole lot of other options. You know, you, you look at the Big 12 champion and, in terms of Oklahoma, you know, do you really want to include a team like that into the Final Four? I don't think so. I don't think they proved enough either on or off the field to really do enough. So I think this was certainly the Final Four pairing that uh, we all kind of deserved after uh, a wild and crazy 2020 season. Hans and Scotting Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK
2: it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's the Jazz and the Suns Coming up tomorrow night, we're going to talk with Tim LaCombe about that in about 15 minutes. PK, high, high hopes for the Suns. Some people even pick them in front of the Jazz. You wrapping your mind around that at all, or is that just too much bandwagon stuff for you? Or, hey, get used to it. Big names change teams, and young guys grow up, and it happens.
1: Oh, that certainly happens, yeah. Obviously, we know that it happens. But I think in your picks, you know, you just don't want to just – Put out what everybody else puts out, so everyone's looking for a surprise to say, "Yeah, yeah, I had that. I knew this team was going to be better. I called it that type of thing." So predictions are just that, though. I don't really get worked up in predictions. And sometimes you're right, and sometimes you're wrong, and it's just the nature of predictions, right? I've been, we've been right. I've been right. You've been right, but we've you've been wrong. I've been wrong, <laughs> and, and that'll that's for as long as we do this show. When we make predictions, they'll be a fair amount right and a fair amount wrong right? So I don't get caught up into that to where you have to use that for motivation at the pro level. You know, maybe it's more of a college thing if you want to do that. It's a little more of a rah-rah type of thing. But when you're playing 82, in this case, even 72, I really don't see any difference between 72 and 82 in terms of that's a huge body of work to prove where you're at. And then plus the NBA postseason is the the most grueling postseason of all, right? Four series of having an opportunity to go through, and it usually lasts the longest, right? Two months sometimes, right? Depending on how long it goes and the number of games and all. And you've got to – you could play – you could win a title and play, what, 25, 30 postseason games? Yeah. Depending on, you know, obviously how many you lose. Well, not So 30. all that stuff. I mean, four times seven series it would be twenty eight. You'd twenty eight. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I mean, but now they're adding the uh, this these play in. Yeah. So if a seven seed. Yeah. Okay. You can I mean, get to highly thirty. Highly unlikely. <laughs> yeah. Right. Highly unlikely. Uh, that's the great. That's the. I think that's the great thing and the bad thing about the NBA. There's no such thing as a Cinderella in the NBA. And people like underdogs going and advancing and having a shot. And really, those teams don't. You know, you talk about football, you know, funky bounce. We've literally had a team that was 7-7 seven and seven come within a foot and a few seconds of winning a Super Bowl. I think it was in 08 with the Cardinals, right? They were 7-7, seven and seven and uh, one of their last two games got in, got hot, and almost beat Pittsburgh. I mean, literally back of the end zone type of thing right at the end. And you're not going to have that in the NBA, a team that is basically 500 doing that. So the point being that these predictions, they're just fun. They're just out there to have fun with it, and it doesn't really matter. You have the opportunity to show it. And right now, Phoenix is showing it. They've won three out of four. That's great for them. for, For where they've been for so many years, they've got to be ecstatic.
2: Absolutely. After a decade down, Without question. Well, I guess there are probably some Suns fans who are saying, hey, I don't want to ride this roller coaster. i are going to drop back. You've got to show me more before I get on board.
1: For sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, they've, they've just had so many picks. They've become the Clippers of uh, yesteryear in the last decade with the amount of high picks that have just absolutely sucked relative to their drafting. I mean, three off the top of my head. Uh, with uh, Alex Len, I want to say was like fourth or fifth. Uh, Dragan Bender, like third. Uh, Marquise Chris, like eighth. These guys have been nothing in the NBA, and Aiton is not going to be nothing. Even if he just shows up, he's going to be a halfway decent player. But I don't think he's ever going to be a Doncic. And they had him right there to take <laughs> with a coach who coached him and Kokoskov, coached him in uh, overseas and knew him very, very well, which I don't know, maybe that's a blessing or a curse. But obviously management and particularly ownership, management and ownership combined, uh, more on the ownership side from the stories that I've heard, has just bungled it, bangled it, whatever made-up word you want to use, and has gotten in the way, and it's just been brutal, absolutely brutal. That's what Travis uh, Hansen on our air told us the story of Ryan Smith having an opportunity to buy into the Suns. And uh, Travis said it was like $100 million, and and asked Sarver, what do I get with $100 million? And <laughs> Sarver <laughs> said, you get the opportunity to have good seats. <laughs> For $100 you yeah, be- <laughs> need a little more than that. Can I
2: go to practice? <laughs> no. <laughs> here's a hundred million. Now you get sit in the front row and, yeah, I mean, and be that's quiet.
1: That's, that's a lot. So, uh, you know, the, the way the system is set up, you should be good. And that, that's a great that Let's see. That's a good thing about the NBA. If you're down, you have an opportunity to turn it around. If you, if you do well with your management, right? Because you can get these players and it only takes a few players uh, the One year the Lakers don't make the playoffs, the next year they win it all. Look at Anthony Davis. They already obviously had LeBron. Today I think LeBron is his 36th birthday. He shares a birthday with Tiger Woods. Look like about a power couple having a birthday. I think LeBron's 36 today and uh, Tiger's 45 today. So they already had LeBron. They had Anthony Davis and away they go. And they win a title, right? So the point being that, you know, you should have decent management to make yourself competitive. If you're doing it, may take a few years, but you should be able to do it. The system is set up for you to be able to do it. And they haven't been able to do it. And now they've got some good players. And, I mean, that's what it takes. But it's, it's more than good players, though. You've got to have the right coach, the right management, and then you have to have ownership that is not an impediment. They may not need, necessarily need to be a benefit but you can't be an impediment because if you're an impediment, then you're going ten years without making the playoffs, which had been a pretty good franchise for many, many years. You know, they didn't win at all, obviously, but it had been a competitive franchise. And so here we are, and it's a great test. I'm looking, I'm really looking forward to these games with the Jazz these next, uh, no, obviously not tonight, the next two nights, because they got decent teams and see what you can do. It's I, I'm into NBA basketball mode full time now.
2: Until this last decade, they had essentially been the Jazz. Two trips to the finals, hadn't Mm -hmm. won, had had stars, had had all-stars, had a good winning percentage, seemed to routinely crank out 45 win seasons, if not 50. Yeah, Uh, Sloan piled up a bunch of 50 win seasons, so maybe the Jazz had a little edge there. But they were basically the same thing. And then in the last decade, they've had one winning season and they've just completely fallen off the map. But maybe it's different now. And Tom Chambers, former Ute, uh, played for the Jazz a couple years at the end of his career, obviously played in Phoenix. And he is now on the Suns pregame, halftime, and postgame show. He's going to join us coming up at 9.05. Tim Lacombe is next. Stay with us.